on this episode of Resi Week, Kaleidoscape, which just two weeks ago announced they were going under, are now coming back. The iPhone 7 was announced this week. What will the lack of a headphone jack mean to the industry? And we look at the importance of IoT. All that and more, next on Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 32, recorded Monday, September 12th, 2016. They're back. Resi Week is brought to you by our fine group of underwriters, companies like Daylight. Welcome to Resi Week. This is your weekly wrap-up of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott for AVNation.TV. Today, I am joined by my good friend, Jeremy Glowacki, the editor of Residential Systems. Jeremy, how are you today? I'm doing well. I'm a little stressed out because I'm on my way to Cedia first thing in the morning. Um, once I get there, if I can get a hotel room, I will uh, take a nap. But to get the best flight, I had to leave that. Uh, there's a word for it, and it involves the words dawn and um, oh, oh, dark crack. No. <laughs> um, the crack of dawn. Um, yeah, so um, other than that, yeah, I'm great. And uh, I'm, I'm honored to be with the two, guys, to the two main dudes here. Well, you know, special guest. I know you're you're the guest of honor. He is, and the not so guest of honor. No, <laughs> our uh, other guest today is my good friend Timothy Albright. He is the founder of this great channel, Aviation, Hello. and a good friend of mine. And unfortunately, a Bears fan. Yes, yeah. yes. That How was a, today, that was a friend? horrible game yesterday. It, you know, yeah, it was. Yeah, I watched most of it. Yeah, I'm sorry. It was it was bad. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and, and, I'm, and I'm like Jeremy. I'm, I'm, he's heading out a day before I am. Yes. I'm, I'm headed to CD as well on, on Wednesday. That's morning. good. I am not because I have a baby. So unfortunately, uh, my wife said no. I, I have two babies, <laughs> and, and Jeremy has kids. You know, we've got. Yes. Yeah, no. 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 <laughs> yes. But mine is mine is about yay big. Oh yes. Cries weeks a lot. old, not years. Yes, and feeds every hour and a half. So yeah, no, I, I unfortunately will not be attending. But I'm sending you. To, this to is true. And, you are an interview. Yeah, yeah. So it's gonna it's gonna be great. Yeah. <laughs> but let's let's dive right in. Just when we thought they were out, they came back. Kaleidoscape is back. Uh, this comes to us from Residential Systems and our good friend John Siaka, who you know I kind of feel like he might have had some insider information when he wrote that post after they closed with the review on the the new product that was never going to see the light of day as he's now writing another article about how they're back. Uh, if you haven't heard the buzz, Kaleidoscape is back. They've got a uh, funding transition or injection, I should say. Uh, and they are, they're, they're back. Jeremy, did we expect this? Was this something like, I know, I know we talked about this. We talked about, you know, who's going to pick them up? What's going to happen to them? They can't just divulge and disappear. Um, were we expecting the cash infusion? Yeah, I, I'm always um, 
it's, it's kind of mystifying how all this works behind the scenes. I mean, there's a lot of big money out there. It's just a matter of whether people want to invest it in, in technologies that are um, very niche like this and uh, focused just on the premium side. Um, I think uh, there was a lot of dreaming about them being acquired by a big name company of some sort. And uh, I just think that it's just really so far from the mainstream as a, as a product um, category because of the, the, the price point that um, whatever they got, which we don't have any inside information on that, who the investor or investors are, but uh, they found that this was a very loyal uh, customer base, that uh, you know, a product that needed to be maintained, obviously, that was a minimum, um, just to keep, it, keep those products out there in the field uh, continuing to work, but the fact that the people who are very wealthy, someone stepped up in, in that community apparently and said I, I will help to bankroll this because I love this product <laughs> I mean that's my that's how I see it but that could be completely false and this is really a true investment company of some sort but it, I just feel like they're the people that are clients of this product are the people that probably would be w willing to invest in it and keep it going and I think that their goal uh, down the road is obviously a sub $1,000 offering so it's gonna be a, mm -hmm. a more a, a affordable uh, product, but um, right now it's still it's uh, what three grand to, to start, and you know it's yeah, a pretty yeah. pretty uh, tough product to, to make a mainstream uh, case for. Um, as great as it is, it's really really cool product. So um, right. I don't know no. if that answers the question so much as uh, no, yeah. it does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, Tim, you and I were talking uh, when this when this news broke and and the result of Scuttlebug about the injection and you know i i kind of said offhand that in my conspiracy theorist brain the thing I, I i love so much about the supposed cast injection was that potentially it was a bunch of hollywood movie guys who went seriously my my theater's now dead no 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 which no. is kind of what jeremy's saying i know i know it, it, and that's what i'm that's what i'm getting at it was one of those, I, I kind of feel, and I have nothing to base this on other than pure speculation and storytelling, um, <laughs> that it's, you know, it's a couple of big, you know, Spielberg-ish type guys that are like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 no. I want my system back. Here's some money. Make it happen. <laughs> so it's going to be, it's going to be Kaleidoscape SKG. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. <laughs> a subdivision of, of, Dream, of DreamWorks. DreamWorks, are you, Tim, are you expecting this to continue on as business as normal with this new injection, this new lease on life? Or do you see it the way Jeremy does with a, a very strong push to get something, to get a product, something that can go to market that is affordable? And, and affordable for maybe not the best buy crowd. But at least the CI crowd, yeah. where it's where it becomes something as um, used as Apple TVs, or a, that, know, that's whatever. a stretch. I mean, Apple TVs are a hundred bucks, right? Um, right. You're not going you, the Kaleidoscape's not going to get there, and then and they shouldn't get there. Um, I actually see the 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 opposite of what Jeremy's saying is it, it is you, the the group of people who who put this money in, and let's let's all kind of agree, and we all may be wrong. But I think we all kind of agree that it's somewhere somewhere in Hollywood, a couple of folks got together who've got a lot of money and said, well, this can't happen. You know, right, my, my, my stuff doesn't work. My neighbor's stuff doesn't work. I want to be able to show this stuff. 
anytime you bring in new money, which means new influence and, and, and new direction, you're going to have some sort of shift and some sort of change. I don't think that they're going to say, you know what, let's make this mass market, right? Let's make this sub thousand. Let's make this sub 100. Let's bring it down to Apple TV. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're, the $3,000 mark is something that they, that they've played with, but let's be honest, their bread and butter, their big kahuna stuff is still up in the 25 and $30,000 plus those devices are not inexpensive. They are luxury items. Uh, it's kind of what I said a couple of weeks ago. They should just own who they are. They're a luxury brand. So own it. Be Bentley. You know, be Aston Martin. Um, the fact that they've got money proves the fact that people with money want them around. <laughs> so <laughs> that that's your market, right? Go go with where your mar- your market is, and don't try to be something that you're not. Which I don't think that they are. They're a mass market. Um, product. I could totally be wrong, but I, I honestly don't see them as a mass market. At what point, though, does that because be, with the industry being as small as it is, at what point does that become counterproductive? Because I feel like we've already seen them try to own that super high end market and obviously not be able to sustain it. At what point do they need to, and, and this is for either one of you, at what point do they need to? realize that they need to get more market penetration and they're not necessarily going to do that when let's be honest you can go get a, a hacked cody box oh, or an wow. apple tv or or anything like that and get a heck you can run a plex server and get a really nice and, and i'm not saying that they're grabbing you know those guys that are running those systems are getting content legally or anything like that i don't want to get into that <laughs> argument but from an interface standpoint, Plex looks really good at a free ninety nine download. So at did Myth point... TV for crying out loud, but it, it didn't mm-hmm. go. I said so did Myth TV, but that yeah. didn't go anywhere. Um, I, I honestly think that I don't. I, I still think that they the market share is to me when it comes to luxury brands is a misnomer. I, I think that that is is so much of a red herring because your market share is is skewed because you are a luxury brand you i mentioned bentley and aston martin just two you know high-end um cars look at the the original tesla what was the market share of the original tesla right the the big 220 250,000 sports it's a car. car yeah but still it, it's it, you know you can still it, it's not quite apples to apples but it's it's apples to crap apples maybe um <laughs> it's uh it it, it they're luxury brands. The market this week on Resi Week. Yeah, Tim called the residential industry a crab apple. <laughs> um, but it's it's um, the the market share is not is not accurate because if you look at all the people who own cars, the percentage then the market share quote unquote of an Aston Martin is going to be minuscule. But if you if you take the market and adjust it to where they should look. And that's you know people who make X amount a thousand dollars a year, X amount per year, then that's your market, right? Same thing with with Kaleidoscape. I still see Kaleidoscape as a luxury brand. You should not put them in the same in the same um, market as people who who shop and, and buy at Best Buy. They're not in that market. They're in the higher end market. People who have home theaters that cost you know tens of of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars. That's their market, not not the lower end. 
Right, and and I agree with that. Where I always have an issue with people using a, a car analogy is as someone who's a big car guy. Yes, not everyone's going to buy a Tesla. Not everyone can afford a Tesla. No. But whereas, and this is where the car industry differs so much from any other industry, is almost, I don't know, half the people that own cars know what a Tesla is. And they might aspire to get a car like that, or a Bentley, or whatever luxury brand item that is. Vehicles have that panache where everybody at some point in their life is probably going to own one. And a large majority of people, especially younger people, aspire to have certain cars. We don't have that many people that aspire to have their you know, own personal dedicated theater in their house. It, it just It's such a much, much smaller market share. I think the other challenge is that our ch- this channel is, is such a niche channel to start with, and it is typically a luxury channel. But there is um, there's a clientele that is a more it's a more attainable type price point for, for a home system or a theater. So the people that are members of CEDIA that are in this trade, they're, they're doing these mega projects maybe once a year. You know, it's mm-hmm. their whale. You know, it's not their everyday project. And so even if they're a Kaleidoscape dealer, they may not be selling Kaleidoscape that often during the year. They don't, may not have a budget for a Kaleidoscape in every project. They probably don't. So they're selling an Apple or they're, they're working around an Apple TV or another mm-hmm. uh, streaming device that's 100 or sub $100. And that's the reality of that system. That's what, what streams the, the content. So Apple, I mean, the Kaleidoscape is, is the, the one that they wish they could sell every time, but it's just not going to happen. So it's a niche within, within a niche. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it needs to expand just within the channel, let alone like looking at the outside world. Um, I think that's where that price point situation comes in. If you can sell Kaleidoscape into, if you can make the case for, you need to step up beyond Apple TV, and this is why, because you can... That's um, a good point. Yeah. Put your collection together. And mm-hmm. again, we're talking about boomers, probably people that still own a lot of media that they want to, you know, store or whatever it is. They, they, I think the world is changing, obviously, to a pure streaming world. And, and that's where this Kaleidoscape is probably, have, they, they may have to get closer to the, the release date of movies, too. You know, more of a prima cinema yep. type mm-hmm. model, if that happen, could happen. Um, I, I just think that. They, they just their their limitations are within the channel itself. So. Well, and let me ask you this, Jeremy: Do you think that that if, if if all three of us are right and in our speculation, and that there is Hollywood money in here, is that a possibility where they do start? You know, either there are some systems where you can they were they were testing. I think it was the last Spider-Man movie where you could purchase for fifty or hundred bucks the movie that day, the day that it opened. Um, you think something like that's possible with Kaleidoscape? if we're right and if there's Hollywood money in this. Yeah, I mean, Prima Cinema is the one I can think of that's like that. And, and they're, they're limited with their, uh, with their deals that they have in place. So it's not every movie that's released. But yeah. I don't think they're doing all that great. It, it's such a high premium product and so locked down with the dealers that they work with. And um, I think they're very much uh, kind of, you, you, they have angel investors and people like that I've heard that, 
keep them in business essentially. And I, I'm not sure that model is even working there, um, but maybe Kaleidoscape because it's not so high. I mean, it's premium, but it, it's, it's not like this esoteric kind of premium. They might have a better chance at it. Maybe they do have that support. I don't know. I think that, that that's just something that's out there being discussed. I'm not sure okay. where it's going. And I think that's that whole side is if they can, Kaleidoscape that is, if they can get to a point where they are something that at least has the option of being on every spec for every you know system that's installed by, by Cedia channel guys uh, and girls, if, it, if it's something that can get as synonymous as, you know, hey, we're going to throw a receiver on this, we're going to throw a Kaleidoscape on this, the way we used to throw a Blu-ray on. Um, I think that's where it gives them the the power to, A, stay consistent, stay relevant, and, you know, if they are able to work out some sort of deal with, with the major studios and with Hollywood, all the better, because people would pay for, like I know with my clients, probably half my clients would pay for a box that allows them to get something you know, even two weeks after a release date, they would be all over that, especially if it was fifteen hundred bucks, a thousand bucks, or a thousand US, fifteen hundred Canadian, whatever. <laughs> They'd be all over it. Um, but I think we can beat this one for for quite a while, and, and we're going to follow it because it's it's a fun story. Um, it's back from the dead. I like it. <laughs> but let's move on to something else that I get excited about. Last week was the annual September Apple event uh, held in San Fran at the Bill Graham Civic Auditorium, where we watched the iPhone 7 be released uh, and also be uh, touted a little bit ahead of time on Twitter with their first uh, foray into Twitter that maybe was, was not so great when they announced some stuff ahead of the guys on stage doing it. Um, so, you know, what's new with this? They finally scrapped the 16 gig, uh, option. Finally, um, they're as usual taking pre-orders last, uh, last Friday and starting to ship on the 16th, but probably the, the, the two biggest things is the seven plus will have a, uh, dual camera on the back. Um, that's going to give them a bunch of really, really cool uh, photography options. But, and this is the one that's, that's made the most rounds, it doesn't have a headphone jack. So, Jeremy, your headphones that you're wearing won't really work anymore. On his iPhone. All. I well, know, they, but... <laughs> well, well, with a dongle, they will, yes. With I, the, exactly, with a dongle, they will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I've actually, other than this application right here, I actually had to go dive into a drawer to get my old uh, earbuds because, uh, well, they're not earbuds. That's the new name. Uh, <laughs> wait, no, they're called they're called Air Airbuds. Airbuds. Air Air which is, by the way, which is a Disney movie. <laughs> Air, no, Airbud is a Disney Air movie. Airbud yeah, Air one and two. <laughs> no, there's like ten of them. But go ahead. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I I like that they include the dongle with it, so that you can you know you can kind of transition out of uh, your old headphones. I've got some pretty nice in-ear headphones that when I want to wear them, uh, that's going to be very important to to have. But um, I've I've really I've heard a lot about the these uh, these new uh, proprietary wireless headphones. Uh, these these 
AirBuds that they have that are there's some pretty cool features that I've I've been hearing about with those. I've been wearing Bluetooth wireless headphones, uh, earbuds for lack of a better word, um, since last January when JBL was kind enough to give me a set at uh, CES, and I really I, I I love it. Other than the weird head movement moments where Bluetooth drops out surprisingly at a very short distance. I don't quite get why that happens, but uh, um, so there's some weird weird anomalies with, with Bluetooth, and the, this is a pro- proprietary uh, system that um, pretty much, uh, I mean, it has some great, I mean, you, you probably could talk about some of the features that, that are there. I don't know how much we want to get into the details there, but I, I everyone's been anticipating this. It's not a surprise. Actually, I was looking most forward to that little detail. Did it happen? Did they actually do this? Um, well, it, it yeah, makes that point. It it has been it's been flogged for for months because the the rumor came out. There was guys releasing you know mockups of the case and everything the the way Apple events always go. Um, Tim, is this the big deal? That, with the because again. You know, Apple seems to release things with probably some of the greatest fanfare of the CE channel, hmm? right? Absolutely. They kind of do it better than anybody else. Uh, whether you love them or hate them, showmanship is fantastic. Is the is it really the lack of a, a headphone jack that makes the most, or, or that is the most news friendly, or is the biggest pull out of this event, or is it the you know? I don't know the, the the cameras and the fact that they're able to recreate some insane Brokaw yeah. f- image sensing out of a phone. So here's a couple of things, real quickly the, on on the the lack of the of the headphone jack. We did the story on AV Week. Brock McGinnis brought up a, a really good point: the fact that there are um, Bluetooth receivers right now that can take your audio and, and put them into a, a, a traditional audio system, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Denim makes some, radio makes some. A number of people. a couple of guys. Um, You and I were talking off the air. I couldn't tell you the last time I actually plugged in a pair of headphones into my phone. Now, I have a Samsung, full disclosure. I don't have an iPhone. I have some other Apple products. Does yours explode? Mine does not explode. Is yours an exploding one? Mine is the the, the 7S or the S7. So you're safe. I don't have a note, so I don't have a ticking time bomb. Um but I couldn't tell you the last time I actually... I've been using Bluetooth consistently for over a year or two years now. Um, my car has Bluetooth, mm-hmm. so it syncs there. I, I listen to my books or listen to music there. Um, when I want to wear headphones, I have a pair of, of, of um, Bluetooth headphones to, to go walking with. So I, I don't see this as a huge deal when it comes to audio-visual, um, the audio-video industry. Um there are a couple of issues when it comes to things like um, the cube thing, where you, you have to use that to, to swipe people's cards. A, a lot of um, taxi it's drivers, and, yeah. yeah. Um, but it, I think the biggest things for this is the the fact that it's waterproof. Um, the fact that it's, it that's a huge yeah, thing. That's um, huge. And 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 the cameras. I mean, yes, you have to go to the plus for that, but the cameras are absolutely incredible. Folks, people like us who create content for a living. That you look at the iPhone as as a legitimate uh, shooter, as a legitimate camera. Now, 
is it going to take the place uh, of a of a of a black magic or a sony or a canon dslr probably not today but you you look at it and and i would be interested in in bringing in a, a canon and a sony and then bringing in an iphone 7 and shooting the exact same thing and, and compare them i mean the 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 picture they were showing was was phenomenal you're right well well i i will say this um i'm somebody who likes to dabble in photography a little bit and obviously we we create a ton of content here at aviation and and we're using prograde cameras when we do that uh at our show coverage and stuff like that like cedia coming up um we've had discussions internally about can we run and gun with an ipad or can we run and gun with an iphone because like for myself at home i i shoot with a canon and it's a it's a crop sensor, but it's still a nice Canon. I've got a bunch of lenses for it. Half the photos I take of, you know, projects we do or my kids half the time look better shot on my iPhone than they do on my full frame or, or sorry, on my, on my crop sensor, on my Canon. Um, some of the stuff we've shot at shows looks great on our our big you know c300s that we like to use um but we're shooting footage that is fairly similar when we're shooting the the cool behind the scene shot yeah. of the photographer taking or the videographer taking the the interview it, it it's it's neck and neck it's right there they're doing so much with that um it's interesting it'll be interesting to see where that goes i i think that phones have come to the point where they've almost killed the walk around camera the point and shoot oh yeah absolutely they're just about dead um and yeah the the other thing that i think continually gets overlooked is when they went and killed the the headphone jack yeah that's going to be annoying yeah people are going to be a little frustrated with it at times when they're buying another 40 dollar dongle because they lost one but the licensing that Apple's now going to get from their proprietary lightning connection uh. is through the roof. The The one thing you can say that Apple maybe doesn't always put its users first, first. <laughs> but it, 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 it is a company and it's designed to make money. And by creating a system where you have to use a proprietary jack and everyone who makes that jack, unless they're, you know, counterfeiting in China, um, they have to pay a licensing fee. It is just another avenue for Apple to increase its massive cash holdings. Well, and, and I mean, not to make it sound like that was their so purpose. So it be very, where it goes, last I heard, um, or last I saw, their, their pre-orders were fairly high. Uh, so it'll it'll be interesting to see what's what's up. Um, we've got just a few minutes left. Let's let's hit this last article real quick, if that works. Um, and this comes to us from our own Jeremy Glowacki. He wrote this one, uh, keeping up to date on IoT. Uh, in this article, he's he's talking about how you know IoT is is a great thing, and consumers are starting to get all over it. But the consumers that are, you know, kind of looking for IoT aren't always realizing that there are, you know, experts and, and stuff in that field because it's, it's IoT. It's not really uh, integrators all the time. Um, 
Jeremy, you talked with um, Nikos. Am I saying mm-hmm. that right? Right. Um, can you give us a little bit uh, more background on on why he he started and, and developed this this website? Yeah, th- this guy. Um, it, he, sometimes somebody just falls into your uh, your your lap as far as a contact or a resource in this industry, and this is the case. He Nikos. Um, is in Cyprus, an island near Greece, and um, he's an integrator, um, just like everybody you meet in this industry. Just a really good guy. Um, I mean, not um, not anybody different than anyone in the North American market. He happened to be very uh, interested in making sure that he was following this. Well, products in general. He just was trying to keep a database himself as an integrator to be able to answer client questions, decide what was best for him to sell and not to sell. And as along the way, it became a lot more of these smart home DIY um, IoT type products. Um, and he started testing them out and trying to see which ones worked and which ones were not a good fit for the for the jobs he was doing. And decided to start a website basically to offer um, all of that information to the public. And that's where we stepped in. And so he's he's now blogging for us, um, getting giving us insight into some of the products he's testing. Because it's so hard for us to keep up with all these things, and he's doing it. He's been doing it. Um, so Keto, uh, it's quality Internet of Things online is the acronym that he created. But this the website's Q-U-I-O-T-O dot com. Um, it's a great place to go. Um, but I've got no dog in the fight other than that I'm pr- helping promote him, and he's helping me to look smarter by covering this technology. <laughs> um, I wish I had a way to monetize what he's doing. And I, I think he's hap- happy just to have the clicks right now. But r- really great insight into these products. And it goes from products that are well-known like Lutron and Savant uh, down to you know some really niche little um, Internet of Things products that, you know, and the, the, the winks, the smart things, you know, cool well, stuff. And the, the, the quote that really caught my attention was, you know, the essentially the reason behind why he wanted to do this is because, you know, during online searches, he says customers always find the DIY products first, but it's not fair because not everybody wants DIY. And that's, you know, that's such a big thing with IoT in this space is that, you know, yes, everyone can can find all these these DIY products, but especially for for our clients, they want some of these IoT things, but very rarely do they actually want to install them themselves. And this is this is showing uh, or helping clients find things that are integrator friendly and, and integrator based. Uh, so that's that's great. So definitely visit that site, Tim. I know you're a big IoT guy. Um, any uh, anything you see with this that gets you excited? No, I, I think the site's great, and, and Jeremy's right. A lot of times, folks don't necessarily want the the DIY stuff, but they want to know more about IoT. They'll hear the the acronym on the news. They'll read a piece about it. Um, I think it's actually a really well timed piece because this year at Cedia, in about two or three days, Jeremy and I are going to be neck deep in a lot of IoT stuff. Um, you've got a lot of internet, mm-hmm. what I would call internet centric companies, who are exhibiting. At, at CD this year, you've got a booth um, that is, is how, how is it labeled? Um, Amazon Alexa. So in the smart home section, Amazon Alexa has a booth at Cedia. 
okay, there's <laughs> right there is one of the one of the crown jewels of IoT is is at the CDS show. So yeah, we're I think sites like this and, and articles like this are important. Very much so. Speaking of Cedia, that is starting this week on Thursday. Uh, the show floor opens in Dallas. We will be there. Uh, well, not myself, but both of both of my guests today will be there uh, and covering the show both for Resi Systems and for Aviation. Uh, definitely, if you're there, check it out. Stop by. Make sure you read the show daily. Uh, a lot of my friends are writing in it, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> um, you know, enjoy the show. We'll be shooting a bunch of stuff and uh, doing some live stuff from from the floor, gentlemen. Thanks so much for for joining me today, uh, we, Jeremy. Where can uh, people connect with you? Well, uh, read about us on residentialsystems.com. Uh, Resisys uh, is my handle on uh, Resi Editor. I'm sorry, is my handle on Twitter, <laughs> and uh, um, just uh, look for Residential Systems in the old media print uh, version uh, in your mailbox. Beautiful. Uh, Tim, thanks for, for joining me again today. You're welcome. And sir. for filling in, covering for me at CDA this year. Uh, where can people find you? Um, well, it, like Jeremy, I'm going to be at CDA. Uh, we've, we've got a couple things. Uh, we're going to have our, our, our tweet up, which is our, our networking event uh, on Thursday of the show uh, back in the beer garden. So come by between 4 and 6 for free uh, for free beverages um, and apparently a, a, a mechanical bull. So um, every we time brought I, in a mechanical bull. I did not bring the mechanical bull. There is a mechanical bull there. Did Joe Whitaker bring the mechanical bull? I can. I have no problem blaming Joe Whitaker for Dave this. Dave Pedigo. No, I have no. No, no. It would, it would something more Joe would do than than Pedigo. <laughs> um, did, did you bring the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders too? I did not. Call? No, don't start that rumor, dude. <laughs> Come on. Um, but uh, but yeah, so we're gonna be there. Uh, but but uh, the website's the the most important thing. If you want to follow me on on Twitter, it's TD Tim David Albright. Uh, at this point in the season, I'm, I'm already complaining about the Bears. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, well, again, thank you so much for for joining us. For myself, if you'd like to follow me, you can find me at Matt D. Scott on Twitter uh, and pretty much every other social platform. But obviously, as Tim mentioned, more importantly, stop by the website aviation.tv. You'll find this show and a wide variety of other shows that cover all the other verticals that we follow. Uh, and when you visit the site, please make sure you visit uh, the underwriter tab. That is the people that support us and allow us to do what we do. And uh, if you like what we're doing, please support them as well. That's all the time we have for Resi Week. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.